Well, it's the million dollar question. Are the Preds going to be swept for the first time in franchise history tonight? We'll give our official predictions to that. Plus, if the Preds want to have any hope, what do they have to do? Been trying to figure that one out for a couple of weeks now. Uh, plus, it is the big another big question on social media. Why is Luke Gunnan still in the lineup? Somebody finally, finally asked John Hines that question. He gave a pretty decent response, but do we agree with it? We'll talk about that today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com. Are we both hockeyed out at this point? Oh, it, yeah. It went from so much fun at some points in this season to, like, we're not ending with a bang, it's ending with a whimper. And, yeah, it's it, this has been an exhausting first-round series on a number of levels, for sure. It really has. We're going to get into some of the reasons why, but first mm-hmm. want to mention today's show brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, let's just lead into the, the big question, Anne. Mm-hmm. Are the Predators going to get swept tonight? Is there going to be a game five this Wednesday? Or is tonight the, uh, the magnum opus of this Predators season? I don't know. It would not surprise me at this point if the Predators got swept because they have not been able to do what they've needed to do. And it's not that I think that the Predators going into this had it, you know, we're going to sweep the abs. You know, we knew we were facing one of the top teams in the league. We knew we were facing, you know, a really valid Stanley Cup contender. But Nashville has handed these games over. I mean, I kind of feel for the avalanche because they're going to go into the second round kind of having coasted a little bit because Nashville just continues to hand these games over. And unless they make literally the last minute corrections that they've needed to make this series, I can see this game wrapping up at Bridgestone arena. And that does not feel great considering where this team has been this season. You know, this, this is not how the Predators want to finish a season because it's going to leave this team who has had some record-setting things happening, who has exceeded expectations in a number of ways. It is going to leave such a bad taste in the mouth of Nashville Predators fans. It may reframe how we look at everything that happened in 21-22 season. So I, on, on the forecheck... Mm-hmm. I have been tasked with writing, you know, just sort of the post-mortem of the season uh, in case it happens. Yes. Um, you know, sorry to, to give you a peek behind the curtain, but, you know, we do write a lot of things ahead of time. Uh, there is still something in our thing about Philip Forsberg being traded to the trade deadline. Uh, that's just, you know, the way freelance blogging happens. You just kind of want to have something ready to go. Um so, so I've been kind of putting that together and it, it really made me think, you know, I remember last year 
where no one had any expectations for the Preds. And on March 16th, or whatever it was, uh, we, we saw the whole thing. The Preds had a 2% chance of making the playoffs, wound up going on one of their best runs in team history in terms of winning percentage, and not only made the playoffs, but made the Carolina Hurricanes sweat a little bit. I yes. mean, four games went to overtime. Preds won two, lost two. So those are two games that could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. And I kind of remember the vibe at that time. You know, where it was just, you know, the Preds are happy to be here. Um, you know, let, let's see what they can do. Let's have them. We know they're not a perfect team, but, you know, they're kind of on a hot run. Let's let's make them, um, you know, let's make them sweat a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, just throw the body at them, see what happens. Maybe we can will instead of an upset. There's kind of all these kind of things going around that team. And I compare it to this year's team. And... You know, we went into the season with the same low expectations. Remember, I mean, we had two $8 million players left unprotected at the expansion yes. for Seattle. Yeah, A lot of people had a second to last in the division ahead of only Arizona. And we know what Arizona's like this year. And not a lot of people were expecting everything. Not everybody were expecting a near 100 point season for Roman Yossi. Not everybody was expecting Philip Forsberg to come out and have his best career year or Matt Duchesne to have his Mm -hmm. best career year. So I think back, you know, so why is this season feel more disappointed? It's because it feels like the predators really did leave a lot on the floor. Like there is a lot of unwasted potential there. And, you know, I'm sure um, if this series ends tonight with the Predators losing, I'm sure there's going to be a much bigger conversation between you and me tomorrow. But it just, it feels like, I, I, I really don't know the best way to describe it. It just feels like, this was a team, you know, instead of the last couple of years where they kind of went above their potential and kind of won by getting hot at the right time or whatever you yes. want to call that. It seems like this year there's a lot of self-inflicted wounds. There's a lot of, you know, wasted opportunities Mm-hmm. And yeah, even though the expectations going in this year were low and even though everybody's kind of going, well, you know, the, the tweets are coming out now where it's like, well, is anybody surprised? You know, the Preds were never that good of a team. But you watch these games and especially you watch these these first three games of the Avalanche series. And yeah, the Avalanche have been playing great. Like they have been of playing course. absolutely lights out. Mm-hmm. They have proven to everybody why they're considered one of the Stanley Cup front runners. They have proven that. But you look at it from the Preds perspective, only from the Preds perspective. And it is almost as if they're trying to hand them the series on a silver platter. Yes. Like there have been that many self-destructive mistakes. And that has been the key down the stretch for this Nashville Predators is they're losing games, not because they're getting like outplayed horribly in each and every game, They are losing games because they have so many of these shoot themselves in the foot, you know, six or seven times they're on the penalty kill, all Mm -hmm. these turnovers, uh, just lackadaisical play. 
And that is exactly how they wound up playing the Colorado Avalanche. And they absolutely, we've said it since December. And eventually one of these teams is going to make the Predators play or pay for mm-hmm. the way they're playing. And guess what? It's It's been Colorado this series. Yeah. And I think what you say when you look big picture at this season is very true because went into the season, you know, general manager David Poyle saying this is a competitive rebuild. And and so expectations were set and then they began to be exceeded. Forsberg, Yossi, Duchesne, you know, Tanner Janot. We started seeing some players really having standout seasons and we see individual players clicking. We're seeing some things go well. There's a point at which, you know, the Nashville Predators are headed towards the top of the division in the Western Conference. They had a seven game win streak, a five game win streak. But in the end, after all of that, I still don't think because of the wasted potential, I don't think we have a better read on where this team is to start a competitive rebuild than we did at the beginning of the year because we haven't seen consistently enough from this team what they really are. And that's been the most frustrating part because there have been periods of time in this season where we're like, okay, if this team can play this well, they can beat any team in the league. And I stand by that. There are periods of time this season where the Nashville Predators were executing well, where players were hot, where things were clicking, and they would have been able to compete against some of the best teams in this league. But then there are also periods of time, like right now, where you have a chance to compete against one of the best teams in the league, and you are floundering. And so it's frustrating because at the end of this competitive rebuild, at the end of this amazing season with these amazing records being broken, I don't think we have a better handle on where the Nashville Predators really, truly are as far as talent, depth, direction than we did at the very first preseason game in September. And that is frustrating. It is going to be very interesting what this offseason brings for the Nashville Predators uh, whenever it happens. Uh, and again, maybe maybe we should be saving this conversation because the Predators are technically they still, still playing. playing. <laughs> They're still playing right now. Yeah. Um, but, We're not burying yeah, them yet. Yeah. But you mentioned it. And it's like, look, everybody wants to put an asterisk next to the Predators' three wins over the Colorado Avalanche this season. And that's fine. You know what? Because if the Predators had lost those games, we could have easily put three asterisks by those as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's let's wash that out. But, you know, you, you watch them play. The one that really comes to mind is that, you know, that January game against Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, you think, you know, just back in March where they beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, they have had really good games against the Calgary Flames this year. Yes. Uh, they have do- absolutely dominated the Minnesota Wild this season. Uh, they've had, you know, pretty decent games against teams like St. Louis and, and Boston. You know, some of these games or some of these teams that are kind of considered to be, you know, the best in the NHL right now, Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina Hurricanes are starting to look like, you know, a pretty good team they are yeah yeah and so you know i think back and it's not just the fact that the preds beat them it's the fact that they looked great while doing it they were playing yes. all these complete games you know mm-hmm. they were minimizing you know the other team's shots they were really swarming 
uh, they looked every bit like they matched up with the best teams in the NHL. And for some reason down the stretch, it just looked like survival mode instead yeah. of, you know, the same Preds we saw earlier in the season. And I think that's what's frustrated. It. And that's what makes me go back to, you know, the wasted potential mm-hmm. kind of comments I made earlier, because we know what the Preds are capable, how they're capable of playing. We have seen that earlier mm-hmm. this season against really good NHL teams, including the team we're playing right now. And it just, it just hasn't been there over the last couple of months. And the big million dollar question is going to be why. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's something that the predators, regardless of how tonight goes or how the series ends, the predators are going to have to wrestle with this because you know, as a parent, I look at this and I think this is, you know, you think you have a CC minus kid and all of a sudden they're bringing home A's in algebra. But at the end of the semester, they're on academic probation and you're like, what the hell happened? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. this is this is a little bit where we're at with the Nashville Predators. We didn't expect much from you. You showed us what you're capable of doing. And and in that, it's not even so much that they showed us a different talent level. They showed us a different execution level. They showed us a cleaner game. They showed us that they could eliminate these mistakes that are just killing them. Um, and they have not brought that to this series. And and I'm not, and again, I'm not saying that I feel like the Nashville Predators, you know, this is a team that could compete for the Stanley Cup. No. You know, I'm not sure they're that. But this is not a team that should be on academic probation. And here yeah. we are. <laughs> not a team that should be getting swept. No, no, it, they should not. And and it is of their own making in a number of ways. And again, not taking any anything away from the Avalanche, but this Nashville Predators team has not set themselves up for success in any of the games that they've played. Well, we're going to talk more about Game 3. We're also going to look ahead to Game 4 tonight. Also talk about Luke Cunning. That has mm-hmm. kind of been a hot-button issue around Nashville. Uh, why is he still in the lineup despite a lot of other people getting pulled earlier? Uh, John Hines spoke about that finally, which is something you know we didn't expect him to. Uh, but we'll get into his answer in a little bit because it's kind of interesting. First, I want to mention today's show, again, brought to you by our friends at Bet online betonline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info you can find all the latest sports developments league news reviews and everything you need to know on this year's basketball playoffs major league baseball uh and the triple crown in horse racing we had the kentucky derby this past weekend preakness coming up uh 80 to 1 was the odds of this year's winner. So a $2 bet would have gotten you $160, which is kind of crazy. Uh, BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs info to esports and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So we're looking back on Game 3 a little bit, Anne. Um, yeah. And I think it kind of gives you a sense of how much of a mismatch this series has been where I think the predators, all things considered played one of their best games of the series and still lost seven to three. Yes. Yes. And, and because of their own making and 
you know, I don't think we can underestimate. And this is something that I think we're going to need to wrestle with, you know, in the off season here is let's, let's do a dissertation on what the hell is goalie interference because yeah. that sequence right there really kind of sealed things for momentum for the Nashville Predators where um, Colorado scored a goal, Hines challenged it for goalie interference. And I can't, I can't say that it was a bad challenge necessarily, but just, you know, if you read the wind with Nashville yeah. and refing, you know, and I, you know, we just, we just don't have great luck. Um, but the goal was awarded. We were, you know, the Predators were given a penalty. The Avalanche then capitalized on that. They were four for five on the power play. The Avalanche oh. were four for five. Think about what this game could have been like had the Nashville Predators stuck to five on five hockey for way more time. You know, it just would have been a much more competitive game. But I think once you had that real quick two goal, you know, momentum swing, it was just out of, you know, the train had left the station and it was just a difficult, um, a difficult game to get back into for the Predators. It was rough. It was, this yeah. was a rough, this was a rough one. Yeah. And it was, you know, when the abs went up to nothing, I think a lot of people were like, okay, you know, here, here, we, here go. we go again. Mm -hmm. And then the Preds battled back, you know, not once, but twice. And, you know, I think we're saying, okay, here's the fight. Here's, yes. here's, you know, what we need to see. Um, and then, yeah, as, as soon as Nazem Kadri scored that power play goal, you know, that, that was the one that happened 40 seconds after the Landis Cog goal, the, you know, mm -hmm. the, the goalie interference play or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, that right there, I think killed this team. Yes. You that know, was I, a, that was a knife to the heart. Yeah, and I don't like I wasn't on the bench. I don't know what's going on in the locker room, but you kind of saw the intensity leave right there. And I don't know if it was a matter of the Preds kind of going, you know what, nothing's going our way this series. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was it was just that. And it just you saw the intensity kind of leave at that point, and then all Colorado had to do was kind of just keep their foot on the gas a little bit, turn on cruise mm -hmm. control and boom, you got a pretty easy third period. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it was just that play completely turned the momentum of that game. And, uh, you know, unfortunately at this point kind of looks like sealed the series for the Colorado. Yeah. This really was a game that the Nashville Predators needed to win. And again, we come back to the same thing. It wasn't going to be, you know, these games are not going to be easy games for Nashville, but they are not giving themselves a chance to be in these games. They're not giving themselves a chance to compete because of things like these penalties. And this is something, again, we've preached on penalties all season long. We've said this is going to come back to bite them in the rear end. Hello, you know, teeth yeah. marks in your butt. This has been... This has been a huge issue for the Predators, and they're facing a team that's going to make them pay almost every time, four out of five times on Saturday. So, you know, you wonder how much has this team learned when we're still wrestling with the same issues that kind of got us, you know, got the Predators in trouble earlier in the season. It just muddies yeah. the water trying to get a read on where is this team? Where is this team? 
And again, as soon, as soon as the Predators are out of the playoffs, whenever that is, um, you and I are going to have a very, very interesting conversation about the direction of this team. Yeah. Because um, I think you and I have very kind of varying opinions just based on our just based on some of our off the, behind the scenes talks. Yeah. It sounds like you and I kind of have different opinions on what the Preds should do. So that'll be fun. There's your tease to uh, to what whenever the series ends, folks, mm-hmm. uh, whenever the Predators bow out of the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but they're not out of it yet. So tell me like, what what do they need to do differently? Like, let's talk about what what needs to be what needs to happen tonight at Bridgestone Arena for the Predators to be in this game. Well, first off, they have to stay out of the goddamn box. I mean, that's come first on. and foremost. I mean, yes. we. I feel like I'm in therapy based on how <laughs> often we've said you have yes. to stay out of the box. Yes, and it's it's the frustrating thing Anne, is it's the same calls, the same mm-hmm. calls each and every game. The totally avoidable stick penalties. What yes. did John Hines talk about when he was asked about the penalties after game two? He's like, it's the stick penalties, the totally yeah. avoidable, like, you know, you can't control your stick penalties. What happens, like, right at the start of the game? Tripping. Ellie, Ellie Tolvanen. High sticking. Darren Helm. That leads, to the, uh, that leads to Colorado's first goal. What happens later in that period? Luke Cunning, high stick. That leads to an avalanche goal. Uh, Philip Forsberg, the the charging call on uh, Logan O'Connor. Boy, that was that was that was something. Uh, I that missed was... that one. I missed that one. That was that was prom picture time. So I did miss that call. So tell me, tell me what I need to know about that. So basically, Philip Forsberg uh, was frustrated at a play on the other end. Basically came, you, you could tell like on the replay, he was just looking to clobber somebody. <laughs> like yes. that was his one goal. Skates he's the asleep. entire length. He's pissed off. He skates the entire length of the bench, sees Logan O'Connor along the boards and just like takes strides the entire length of the ice and just <laughs> clobbers, him, <laughs> runs right through him. Um, yeah. But again, a a penalty born out of frustration and a lack mm-hmm. of discipline rather than uh, you know trying to make a play like trying to be yeah. aggressive anything right. like that um and and that's we said it that's the kind of stuff that has killed the preds all season long and that's the stuff that's killed them in this series so they got to stay out of the box mm-hmm. um you know, the other thing is you, you got to ask more out of your defense. Yeah, really. do. And we have seen, um, you know, obviously we know Colorado is a fantastic offensive team. One of the best in the NHL. We knew this was going to be tough going in. We knew they were going to get a lot of chances on goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but the defense hasn't done anything to slow them down. And it's not that they're just getting a lot of shots. It's that you're seeing a lot of defenders out of position. Yes. You're seeing them kind of lose track of who's around them. And that's led to some wide open chances. Um, Sort of lackadaisical, not focused play. Um, They look overwhelmed. Like they look like the guy, they look like the kid behind the Jimmy John's counter where there's like a line of people behind the door. (laughs) 
and he's the only person back there working and he's trying to keep track of this person's order is not right this person is ordering right now but they want something special Uh oh this person came back in he wants some like a side of sauce yes all these things going around at once and you know he's like what I love it's, it. That's that looks like yeah. the Predators defense right yes. now is just like they look like they are being completely overwhelmed. And this is a veteran defense. Remember, this is supposed to be the strength of the Predators when you have guys like Roman Yossi, Matias Ekholm, Dante Fabro, who we've always talked mm-hmm. about having a good season veterans like Mark Borowiecki, who unfortunately was out again. Um, right. Guys like Matt Benning. So, you know, all these people who had seen very, very good defensive seasons and have like career statistically wise been very good at making the minor defensive plays absolutely crap the bed this series. Yeah. And it's very deer in the headlights. Part of that is is Colorado just has been able to continue to attack and attack and attack. And the Predators have not done a good job of clearing the zone and setting up some extended offensive zone time for themselves. But there are lapses where you're seeing Avalanche players skating right down the slot like we don't do that. Like we, you know, you can't let, you know, you can't let any team do that, but you certainly can't give Colorado shots in the slot that are uncontested. And we're seeing some of that kind of thing. And I think it is surprising, you know, Colorado's a great offensive team, but it is the quality of chances that we are, you know, that the, the Predators defense has been giving up that is concerning and a little bit surprising. I think it's also surprising. And one of the things that I think needs to happen tonight is the Predators have got to put some offensive pressure on Darcy Kemper or whoever is in net. And uh, Kemper did leave Saturday's game with an injury to his eye. It was just this bizarre freak accident. Johansson's stick went through the slit and caught him in the eye. Um, Scary moment, scary moment. Um, Yeah. You can, you can tell in like the post game comments and stuff, and some of the media yesterday, like mm-hmm. how shaken up Ryan Johansson was from that, too. Yeah, yeah I mean, Johansson he, like, was wigged out by it. Yeah, yeah, he was Horrified. scared. Like, you could tell he was scared, uh, and very relieved to hear Kemper was going to be okay. Yeah. So, yeah, um, and um, haven't gotten official word whether Kemper will be back. Kind of the last word that media was given is that if the swelling goes down, then he will be in net. So, you know, we'll kind of wait and see how that plays out. But, you know, Nashville has got to get some offensive pressure. They've got to get uh, more than one shot on net. They've, you know, they just, there are so many things that they can do that they haven't done that has to happen tonight or it's done. It's over. So, yeah. A lot, a lot needs to happen in these 60 minutes. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about a little bit more on that. Plus Luke Cunning. Mm. Mm. Why we finally get an answer from John Hines on yeah. why he has not been scratched yet this season, uh, despite having a few very, very bad games down the stretch. We'll hear from him in just a second. First, want to let you know that this episode's brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Summer's coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food that you can take with you on the go on your adventures, and Built Bar are exactly what you need to take with you. You can throw them in your bag, throw them in your beach bag, throw them in your kid's backpack. Make sure that you pack the Built Bar so everybody is fueled for whatever your summer adventures are. The best part about Built Bars is that they are healthy 
and they are delicious, which matters. No more sacrificing good taste for health. With Built Bar, you get both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to built.com and order Built Bars now. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built Bar, you can eat healthy, but you feel like you are having a little treat. And you can try Built Bar Puffs. Yeah, they are very popular in our house. They come in crazy flavors, banana cream pie, cinnamon churro, which is a big hit. If you want a protein bar that tastes great, you need to try the Built Bar Puffs. They only have 140 calories. And if those two flavors don't appeal to you, you might want to try the Mix Box. It comes with uh, 12 flavors of bars and puffs, and they are all delicious. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So if you compare that to the usual snacks that we throw in our bags for summertime, you're gonna be way further ahead if you take a Built Bar. You can go to Built.com and get all your favorite flavors. Again, banana cream pie. They have a raspberry that's great. Double chocolate cherry barcia, one of my favorites. They have many, many more. They're all great and they have new flavors coming out all the time. So check their website frequently at Built.com. Go to built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So one of the big questions going around uh, <laughs> Fred's Twitter over the past, let's say the past month, uh, has least. been the play yeah. of Luke Cunning. Uh, now, we have talked about Luke Cunning a lot. Uh, we both like him as a person. Yep. Um, very, you know, has the potential to be a very good player. Mm -hmm. um, has not played well down the stretch. And a lot of us have kind of gone, okay, maybe the Predators should scratch him. Maybe, you know, we just need to take him out of the lineup for a little bit, have him refresh, have this be like an Ellie Tolbinen situation where it's like, you know what, just take a game off. Like, get your mm -hmm. head right. You're not feeling it right now. Come back with a fresh set of eyes. For whatever reason, Luke Cunning has kind of been immune to that. We yes. have seen other players around him kind of get the treatment, you know, kind of been taken out for a game. Um, it has not come to Luke Cunning yet. We thought, may, we thought, we saw Cody Glass get called up on Saturday. And that was our first thought. It's like, okay, they're making some major changes. Um, and instead it's Michael McCarron and Nick cousins that come in the lineup and Cunning gets elevated. He goes, he goes on the line with Ryan Johansson. So it's like, at that point, it's like, Oh, what, what's going on? What is, what is, <laughs> what pictures does he have of John? Hahn? <laughs> yeah. Like, is Don't there like, yeah, is there like some yeah. like secret Russian meeting that Heinz took place that he's got a videotape of somewhere? And it's like, no, you will yeah. put me on the second line. Or is Heinz like Cunning's secret Santa? Like we like yeah. we had a number of theories behind the scenes that we were kind of working on. Yeah, this yeah. is like this is like um, Guardians of the Galaxy two, <laughs> where like Yondu <laughs> is just secretly protecting Peter Quill at all costs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a whole thing. So, you know, huge question in Nashville with the media among the fan base. Finally, finally, 
somebody delicately broaches the subject with John Hines, and this is what Hines had to say about Luke Cunning. I think in certain situations, you look at, uh, you know, we've we've tried a lot of different combinations uh, in 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 the top six. I think that, you know, when you get in Luke right now, obviously the production isn't where it needs to be. But I think from a from a, a play without the puck standpoint, he's pretty reliable. I know the guys that are in the top six. You know, there's trust there to be able to play with them, and you know, we we, you know, have worked with them. I know he's working with it to, to try to be able to uh, produce. But I think sometimes when you get in some of these matchups. You know, when your top two lines are playing against the caliber top two lines here is, you know, it's it's a lot to it's a lot to uh, to take on sometimes for a young player, and that's where, you know, you look at at the different combinations of he does have the ability to score. He's proven that uh, it hasn't gone in for him this year, but there's a lot of things that he brings to the table. Um, you know, I think that we, that we value and his teammates value. Okay, so. <laughs> Let's talk. First off, we talk about him being veteran player. Uh, he's, what, just two years older than Tolvanen? Mm-hmm. Um, he has the same amount of playoff experience as Ellie Tolvanen? I, I don't know. Like, to, to Heinz's credit, that was a, that was a well-thought-out answer. Like there yes. was a lot of reasoning for that. You know, we, I think you and I talked about it. It was either Thursday or Friday um, where we were talking about, you know, if this question is ever asked, like, is right. he even going to answer that? Or is it going to be like coach speak? Like, oh, you know, we're going with the best lineup we think is going to win. Um, <laughs> I love that. That was great. That's my hockey way. coach voice. That was great. Um, and so for him to kind of give this in depth and credit to Adam Vingen for, for finally kind of, putting that question in a way um, that, that you can you know, ask Heinz, that didn't sound confrontational that Heinz mm -hmm. could kind of expand on. And he did. I just don't know if I agree with anything he had said. And I think the thing that jumped out at me that maybe felt like a clue, because I really do feel like you almost have to be Scooby-Doo to kind of sort through it. And not that Heinz gave, uh, you know, the vague dismissive answer. I feel like he gave a pretty thorough answer, but I think one of the things that jumped out at me that maybe means more is that there is trust in the top six in him. And I wonder <sighs> how much of the feeling of some of the top six players weighs in on Cunning staying in the lineup, if they feel comfortable with him, if there is a chemistry thing, if there is a, you know, this is the guy we trust most out of the options sort of thing coming from the other players. But it's a it's a tough sell from the stands looking in, because if you look at performance, you know, Luke Cunning is one of those guys that is checking for snacks in the sin bin for dumb reasons. Yeah. You know, he consistently has the munchies on the ice. And and again, when this is your team's biggest problem, you know, I don't know. And and in statistically, you know, obviously Cunnan has not done well producing offensively. Cunnan does play to the identity. He is one of the top players in hits. You know, he does play to that physical thing. So I understand that, but I really wonder if it isn't kind of more of that um, 
hard to describe trust vibe thing with line mates, but gosh, it's a hard sell. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure why exactly, mm -hmm. because, yeah. you know, he talks, of, I, I remember when Ellie Tolvanen got taken out the first time, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago is John Hines kind of sat and said, well, look, you know, we want, you know, we, we need somebody to help us generate offense. It's, you know, I, I can maybe forgive lack of production, but if you're not even creating chances, um, right. then, then that's going to be the thing. But you could say the same thing about Luke Cunning. Like he's kind of been an offensive black hole this season. Mm -hmm. um, and we saw it. I, I can't remember the, the one, um, the, the one goal he, or the assist he had, um, in game three, and I can't remember which one it was, like who scored it, but it was a assist because he tried to go for the shot, whiffed, but <laughs> because he whiffed, the puck mm -hmm. like slid through the defender right to whoever scored the goal. Yeah. So it was like, so even like your playmaking is like, a result of you trying and failing to take a shot on goal. Yeah. So, well, and um, it's, it's interesting because it, John Hines is very consistent in what he does. He is very consistent sure. in, if you produce, you get ice time. Like it is in a lot of ways, a mathematical equation. And so, which is good because I feel like we didn't have that under Peter Laviolette and players and fans were left wondering what the heck is happening with the lineup. It's interesting to me, though, that Cunning didn't get a reset game. Not that I expect that Hines would sit him for a long period of time or that, you know, he would demote him or cut back his time a ton because he doesn't have a lot of other options. But it's a really interesting to me that for whatever reason, he Hines hasn't felt like Cunning would benefit from a reset like Tolvanen. Tomasino has been out some games, you know, here and there. It's interesting to me. And I don't know if it's he feels like that wouldn't benefit Cunning or if he felt like he just doesn't have that option. And, and it makes me wonder if there is some sort of, and again, I come back to, you know, he says that there's trust in that top six. And I think there is a dynamic there that Heinz just doesn't feel like he can interrupt, but it's, it's, it's not a mathematical equation, which is why it's been such a question this season for media and fans. Why, 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 what, what's going on with Luke Cummins? So thorough answer, not sure what to do with it. Yeah. Not, not sure. I agree with it. Right. I, I, I get the reasoning, but I'm not sure when you look at Luke Cunning it's he's giving you what he says you're giving him. Yes. If that makes sense. So clearly the yes. Preds love him. I mean, he was just named the Masterton nominee. So mm -hmm. we know he's loved in that locker room, mm -hmm. um, you know, and that accounts for something, but, you know, I think, I think the way the Preds are using him versus how the metrics say he should be used um, is vastly different. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's something the Preds really need to look at uh, in the offseason. Yeah, so. he that may be one of the many offseason discussions that the Nashville Predators have to have. Oh, my. Yeah, there's going to be a lot. 
Uh, so yeah, game four tonight, uh, <laughs> eight thirty central buck drop. Uh, if the Preds lose, they're out of it. If the mm-hmm. Preds win, then they avoid their first sweep in franchise history, yep. uh, which is pretty wild that they haven't had a sweep this far. Uh, considering yeah. some of the Preds teams that made the playoffs were pretty bad. Yeah. So yeah, we'll have to see what happens on that one. Um, Either way, we will be here tomorrow with a full breakdown, um, maybe an emotional breakdown. As I well was going to say, <laughs> a mental, well, emotional. There, there's a lot of stuff that can happen. Until then, Anne, where can the people find your work? You can find my work at onthefourcheck.com, and you can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. You can find my work at onthefourcheck.com. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe, and leave a respectful comment. Again, make them respectful, you pieces of shit. Um, <laughs> Preach. <laughs> yeah, do that. Um, and also, you know, just remember, it's just hockey, people. It's just hockey. It's just Y'all hockey. breathe. It is not an excuse for you to basically act like an asshole online. You know, we see everything you post, uh, whether it be, you know, the typical you suck, which we can deal with because we know we suck. Yeah, we've been here a long time. We've been here a long time. Um, but we certainly draw the line at certain comments, certain slurs, certain things like that. So if you're going to comment, for the love of God, be respectful. It's just hockey, people. It is not yeah. worth losing your head or your job over. So be respectful. Keep it. Yeah. That's going to do it for us today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back tomorrow with Game 4 Recap.